We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Art and Caleb. Welcome to another episode of Between the Stammers. My name is Art Aronson along with Caleb Kirby. Hello. We're recording this on a Wednesday, December 5th. The Canucks uh, lost yet another game last night. That was a Tuesday night against the Minnesota Wild, a 3-2 affair. The Canucks have now lost four games in a row. And sit at 11, 16, and 3. They're 1, 10, and 2 in their last 13 games. It's not good enough. <laughs> like, what a difference a month makes, right? Yeah. yeah. Seriously, like a month ago, we're, we're, we're riding on high times. Oh, yeah. Riding the wave. But you know what? Maybe next month we're going to be back on that high wave. Who knows, right? Well, the Pacific's bad enough, right? Teams are starting to pull away, but uh, the Canucks still have a chance to fire it up a little bit. On our last podcast, we got some submissions for the all-time Canucks team, uh, a team that you think or I think would win it all, could win it all, choosing any player that's ever played for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Thanks for your submissions. Uh, I think we determined that my team was the best. Yeah, that's that's what we determined. <laughs> uh, this week, we want to get submissions for next week's podcast on the all-time worst Canucks team. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, it's funny, you know, we have a couple Canucks that we all love, but we also kind of are, are frustrated with at times. And I'm I'm kind of wondering if any of those Canucks will maybe overlap on not only the all-time Canucks team, but also the all-time most frustrating most horrible Canucks team to watch. I, I kind of have a couple in mind. Well, this myself. one's a really subjective. Oh, totally. I mean, I think most of the all-time greats, one, everybody knows who the all-time great Canucks are. This one, this is just one that who pisses you off the most? Who is just downright awful? Because there could be guys that have come, have, have come here and had a cup of coffee. Or, well, I'm going to say know. this now. If anybody submits us an all-time Canuck bad team without Taylor Pyatt on it, <laughs> we're not going to read it. All of your all-time crap Canucks teams better have Taylor Pyatt on it. I'm, I'm just going to say it. The guy was the softest, biggest, softest player we ever had. He did score over 20 goals one season. Yeah, well, that's fine. He also had nice eyes, according to the girls, oh, right? Oh, man. I think that's what pissed you off most about it. Oh, yeah. You, know, you never know. Jealousy rears its ugly head. <laughs> that's how we're going to start off our all-time shittiest Canucks list. And where can you email those to? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can email, you can email to us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. Yep. And you can also send us up on, hit us up on Twitter, right? Can yeah. At Curbman23 on Twitter and at Art Aronson on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Or, you know, Carrier Pigeon, whatever way you want to get it to us. Uh, we want to hear your all-time shit Canucks list. What do we What do we want to run down on today's podcast? It's a good thing we didn't do this last night because... Oh, man, I was some kind of heated last night. Yeah, I was in a pretty foul mood myself. I mean, well, like, let's, let's, Art and I, I mean, we went over to Vancouver ourselves just this last weekend, had a nice little Canucks jaunt, so we'll definitely talk about that too, but uh, let's just start with that Vegas game last week. We don't need to take too much time to to dwell on it. It was 4-3 loss against Vegas, Match, Max Pacioretty begs too, you know, um, Besser had a nice return, pop two, nice pass by Petey, beauty pass by Horvat. 
Canucks put in a pretty solid 60 minutes. They just couldn't come on the, come out on the right side of that game. I just remember Travis Green after the game being just, you know, like really upset. Uh, not, you know, because they lost. I mean, obviously you're always upset when they lost, but to play as well as they did and not get anything for it, he was upset. Well, I mean, you're going up against like a guy like Fleury and you got Markstrom in your net, and I think that's basically what it came down to. One goalie was a little bit better than the other. And after the game, Jason Botchford, reporter for The Athletic, full props to him, he went and asked Green what everybody was wondering. Jacob Markstrom. Here's a guy who has like some of the has maybe the worst numbers for any starting goaltender in the NHL this year. It's not good enough, is it, Travis Green? And he Green went on the defensive. Yeah, was like I'm not gonna blame Marky for any of this. You know, I'm heated right now. I'm not gonna go out and and which was the right thing to do. But yeah, we're 100%. all thinking it. Like it wasn't good enough. His performance against Vegas there, like. Yes, there was some nice goals by Pacioretty and stuff like that, but he didn't do himself any favors. I just hate how he doesn't come out and cut out the angle. That's my thing. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree with that. What do you think? Tomorrow, do you think we're going to see Nielsen get his third straight start? Yeah, I do. I do too. Because I thought he played well against Minnesota. Yeah, I thought Dallas, like, we were hooting and hollering up in the the seats there. We thought uh, a couple of those... Uh, big ones that everybody's were, were cheering were Nielsen saves turned out to be a couple couple ringers off the post, but um, I, even aside from that, I thought he played pretty pretty spectacularly in that game too for the most part. And that game was also Brock Besser his best game because he had played one game before that returning and didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. You said he looked rusty. Yeah. Or we're talking about the Vegas game still. Yeah, we're still talking about the Vegas game. Oh, okay. Because that was his second game since yeah. returning. And he came back. He had two goals in that game. One mm-hmm. was beautiful set up by Pedersen, who was like on his knees and just yeah. gorgeous. And then the other one was Bo Horvat making a stupendous play behind the net to put it in front. So Hor- Besser had two goals in that game. So there was some positives from that game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, since that game, uh, we we went and saw the Dallas game. The between the stammers went on a roadie. Oh fuck, eh? How was that wake up, right? That uh, that Saturday morning wake up. Yeah, only uh, su- such people as dedicated as you and I would uh, get up at five thirty after a staff Christmas party. Where, well, let's be honest, we don't look like two guys that aren't going to get loaded at the staff. Party. I know, I know. I was up till like after two that night getting ready to uh go out tomorrow and i did not have a good sleep at all i mean i kind of took it easy but i still didn't get home until 12 30 you know dude that fairy sleep that was nice you know i'd I'd say that was probably like one of the best things to rejuvenate it guys once you at least you get on that ferry and you can catch some z's there well i mean it's a catch 22 with bc ferries we wouldn't have to get up if we didn't have to get on a ferry and get over there. But yeah. the fact that we hey. have the ferry. Yeah, hey, he's got points. Art Aronson's got points. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we could get on the ferry and have a little nap. I can sleep anywhere. Did You You should have seen Caleb here. He was just, you know, went flat down, took up an entire row, and just <laughs> didn't care who came. Yeah, no. Somebody could have stepped on me or, like, poked me with a stick. I wouldn't have woken up at that point <laughs> at so, all. So you got some Zs. Yeah, I got some Zs on the, on the ferry for sure. But fuck that commute too, eh? You get off the ferry, then you jump on the bus, then you jump on the sky train, and then you get downtown. We got downtown, and then we went out for breakfast, and then we were going to meet up with our friends for breakfast, and then we're like, okay, well, you know, we're on Main Street, like Main and, you know, East 10th. 
oh we'll just catch a cab down to the pint before the game have a couple and then and then stroll on over to the game nope <laughs> and i i gotta give it to aquilini here man he's 100 percent right about ride sharing that was fucked yeah where was lift when you needed it that was tough and uh the bc government they know you know this there is something wrong going on when guys like us cannot catch a, a cab i've never been in a worse city for cabs it's like it's easily the worst city you know victoria like, is better yeah victoria is better and, and then all the other places that have ride sharing now it it takes no time at all it's like five minutes or less and you're in whatever you need to go and 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 you're down there and it's affordable that was ridiculous man that walk <laughs> you it should. took like almost an hour and then we get on the pint and we're sitting there and they're understaffed because i don't think they realized the game was at one <laughs> so we're sitting there for like tw- 20 minutes or 25 minutes waiting for somebody to just take our beer order and their bar was backed up like nothing and uh we were getting a little testy in there, I thought. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say this, Caleb. You were getting a little testy. <laughs> I'm looking over at Caleb, and he looks like he's ready to jump over the bar and pour his own beer. Like, he was looking around. I'm like, man, is he, he, are we going to gonna be able to make it until we get beer? What's, what's going to happen? He looks like he's going to kill something. He's going to pull a uh, Lester Nygaard here, just, you know, out of nowhere. I got to give props to that one manager in there, though. He was a champ. He was, like, running out with pitchers back and forth, like, the whole time. And he took care of us. We just had to get his attention. And then after that, he took care of us, which and, was super nice. Yeah, and one of us made a theory. I can't remember who it was, but was like, did they not realize the game's at 1 o'clock? And it could have been that, yeah. for sure. The place yeah. was packed. Yeah. You know, of yeah. Canucks fans. Like, yeah. And I liked it. I like seeing all those Canucks fans. And I haven't been to a game in a little while, so it was kind of nice to go to a place where everybody's about to get ready and go watch a game. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I, it's, I don't know what it is about Victoria, but you feel kind of detached. I don't think there's... And you always say that, yeah, there's tons of Canucks fans, all right? But I don't see them out and gathering for a game anywhere you know well the bars here like there's not too many canuck bar owners that have it and everybody's got big flat screen tvs but like every time i watch a hockey game at my house i have at least two friends over that are watching it with me at least and i know that there's tons of other dudes in this town that have that exact same thing i'd like to get a more public place and get a lot of us oh i I completely agree and i mean if i had the money i'd probably own a place like that (laughs) but I'm stuck here doing between the stammers with you right now. I know. What a couple of geese. <laughs> Just a couple of geese. But we did go there for a reason. That's to watch the Canucks game. Yep. Against the Dallas Stars. Kind of cool one o'clock game. That's kind of the reason why I chose the game because it started at one. I thought it was interesting. No, I mean, aside from the terrible hangover in the morning, Art, I think you made the right call because, uh, you know, we had the whole day to after that to go and to get in all sorts of other shenanigans. And it was a nice, it was a nice way to break it up. Dude, I was surprised by how many stars fans were in that building that one guy who was like all mikey mode out in front yeah, of us was it was ridiculous in I, my defense also though we hadn't set the christmas party before this yeah so in my defense i didn't expect us to have a christmas party i thought maybe we'd go over on a friday night and then just get up and then go to a one o'clock game why he's saying in his defense is because he was on the staff committee of our work that uh partially planned this whole christmas party and event it all worked out fine we had a good time uh the game was pretty good except for the last three minutes i'd say and that's just 
basically where the Canucks kind of unraveled and fell apart. Had a really good pace to it, I thought. That's the thing about this Canucks team, though. They always just unravel in the third period. It's like clockwork, is it not? Okay. My favorite part of this entire game, Canucks are killing a penalty. Mm -hmm. Louis Erickson jumps over the boards for some ungodly reason. Refs, like, pretty much drop the puck at this point, and Louis's still on the ice just looking around. And Art, after a couple, you know, <laughs> feeling pretty cocky and confident, yells out at the top of his lungs, You're playing hockey, Louie! Get off the ice! And I then the whole group around us started laughing. It was it was pretty it was pretty funny. Well, it's just Erickson's like in his own world right now. Yeah, and yeah. like he's been awful for this for a month and a half straight. Yeah. And to to come all the way to the game and to watch and we thought before the game like oh here's Erickson playing against his old team here's Antoine Roussel playing against his old team yeah you know maybe these guys are gonna be have a little jump yeah have a little jump Roussel did and actually set up the first goal yeah Uh, yeah the one to Horvat well the only goal the only goal yeah and he also got in Ben's face a couple times which I thought was pretty cool Ben wasn't having any of it but he was fucking having a good game yeah Bishop um you know who else like we're kind of chirping but he was very noticeable out there was Jason Spezza was right we're like is this guy 100 years old like <laughs> like he still plays hockey but he was totally noticeable out there he was he was one of the better players on the ice during that game fuck um just talking about the live canucks experience for you know people on the island people that don't necessarily live in vancouver some people only make it out to one game a year right mm-hmm. and um you know there's a fine line between being a fanatical person and being a little disrespectful out there uh, when you're out in like lower bowl, upper bowl, I thought everybody around us was really cool. I even thought that fanatic, the Canuck fanatic in front of us was, he was like borderline, but he was still pretty cool. I had no problem. With right. That, I, I had no problem with that either. And I, I, I like how the, the upper bowl in, in Rogers is a little more rowdy yeah. and it's always fuller than the lower, but, um, that poor person that fell on their way to the bathroom down the stairs they had to completely close off the entire bathroom, right? So then there's a whole bunch of pissed off people in the concourse being like, i got to walk to the other side of the rink now because some idiot fell down the stairs. Dude, imagine if that was your one time a year to go and watch the Canucks play and that happened to you. Like, I felt bad for that dude, you know? Maybe he had a couple, maybe not. But at the same time, like, that's your... That, it won't. Well, who knows? Maybe he's a second season ticket holder. But if that's, like, your one chance to go out and watch a game... That sucks. Yeah, it could have been you or me. Right? You know, something happens with us and yeah. we take a tumble or we, you know, we have a little bit of a stroke or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah it would have really sucked. I felt bad for him too. And yeah, okay, you got to go around the corner. to go. To I know, I know. I lo- a lot of people were pretty steamed about it, but you got to have a little compassion for, for those types of moments. I think everybody would be a little, a little bit better, you know, if, if we could put ourselves in those shoes. That being said, that's my nice guy moment of this podcast. I am still ready to rip into some of these Canucks players and haven't been getting it done. Okay. Well, where do you want to start? So let's get into that. Let's get into last night, man. Okay. A 3-2 loss to Minnesota. Caleb Kirby has thoughts. I do have thoughts. I watched this game, and and I know the Canucks, like, outshot Minnesota, but no. They were getting thoroughly outplayed the entire game. See, this is where I disagree with you a little bit. I thought they were getting worked in their own end. But for the majority of the game, I thought they did really well on the forecheck in Minnesota's end. I thought both teams' defense were kind of getting it taken to them. Um, man, Michael Delzato, like, 
I, this is where it starts. This guy just needs to figure it out, dude. He's so bad in his own end. He's he's lost out there half the time. Well, the his penalty first, he took. His first penalty was god-awful. Well, the penalty he took to make it a five-on-three, that yeah. was the game. Yeah. That was an awful penalty, yeah. too, when he shoved Parise from behind. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, he's responsible for two goals against in that game. Yeah. And it's not because he's a good demon. It's because he's getting worked out there. And half the time, he's not even in the right spot. And you got to feel bad for whoever his partner is. And I know there's a lot of Pouliot haters out there, you know. And Pouliot isn't my favorite player by any means. But, like, I would have him in there any day over Del Zotto, even in, even in the defensive end. Because, like, man... Delzato brings nothing to that back end, and he's responsible for a lot of these penalties against. It bugs me. He's well, not. He's nowhere near good enough. Well, we got two to three plugs playing out there every night on defense. You know that. And you know what? Here's the thing. We right? do. We do. Here's the thing. You you said that not changing this defense up was a fireable offense, and at the time, I was kind of disagreeing with you. You were. I'm kind of. You're kind of turning me here. A little bit as of late. I mean, it's last in the night that cost us the game. Our D cost us the game. Those three penalties were fucking horrific. I don't know what Alex Edler was thinking, man. That guy was so Jekyll and Hyde last night. Imagine if he got hurt and was out for like. Oh, I thought he games. was. Yeah, I thought he was. Like yeah. you're in the neutral zone, and he he's acting like he's playing goalie out there against the guy who gets rid of the puck to cause some interference in the neutral zone tweaks his knee pinning him into the boards and takes a penalty for it that was the turning point of the game and that's what cost the canucks that game yeah it's ridiculous and then the del zotto taking a penalty during that penalty during kill. that penalty kill and that was it it was I over i don't know though yeah and yeah we can get into these players all you want but i also have a problem with coaching i just i watched minnesota and they're they're a well-oiled machine like i can see it from their special teams to the way they structure their game. The Canucks power play was trash last night. And obviously their penalty kill was because they gave up three penalty, three power play goals. And then their power play to me was just as frustrating. That had, it had no sniff. Well, no I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why their power play was trash. Like, is Marty Raymond the... <laughs> <laughs> their, their, dude, their power play was trash because... That's an Ottawa Senators uh, reference. Their power play was trash, yeah. <laughs> because um, you got Edler as that pivot and nobody fears the shot, right? And both Besser and Petey were covered. And they just gave Edler all the time in the world to shoot. And instead of actually taking a good look to take the shot, and this is this goes back to my Jekyll and Hyde point with him last night. I thought he was fucking awful yesterday. Yeah. I thought it was his worst game of the season. Instead of, you know, changing his lane, skating in, they gave him, like, all the way up to the hash marks to skate in and blast one, and he wasn't doing it. And that's where I think I think they need to put Hutton on that, on that power play one. I think it's time. I think it's time to put a guy like Hutton there, reward him, because he's been the best D-man this year, and take Edler off that power play entirely. He sucks at fucking getting the zone. He's Mr. Turn, the, turn it back and pass it through the neutral zone. Kills all the speed as you're trying to establish his zone on the power play. He does it every time. It's the most telegraphed thing you can ever see. And then when he has a chance for a shot, he doesn't even make it count. Pisses me off. Pisses me off to no end. The power play needs work. Like, it had nothing last night. Yeah. 
awful. When you have, but it was well like, defended too, right? Like, yeah, it was well it, defended. It, but yeah. that's where it becomes coaching. I think you have to change it up. You well, I, I also that. think it's it's part like, dude, the pivot's the most important part on the power play. If you're playing that umbrella, mm-hmm. if you're that defensive pivot, everything comes through you. And if you can't in that moment figure out that you have the room to make a play, then you shouldn't be out there. You just you just flat out shouldn't. And I don't think he should. I think I think it's time for Hutton to move up into that spot. Okay, we ripped into Alex Edler. We ripped into Michael Delzato. Anybody else you wanted to rip into? I thought Nilsson played well. <laughs> I thought Nilsson played well against the Stars, the game yeah. we saw, and he deserved to get another opportunity. Yeah, I think he deserves another one too. Yeah, and I think uh, I think he is. We've been, um, you've been right on who the goaltending this year. Mm-hmm. Pretty much who starts every game. You've called it. Um, another real quick point I wanted to make in that game was um, the fourth line. Tim the Schaller, fourth line. Tim Schaller, yeah. uh Jay Beagle, and uh, Jason Mott. Tim Tim Schaller's been getting a lot of heat, and and some of it is rightly deserved. Some of it not so much. I mean, anybody who expects Tim Schaller to be anything more than a third, fourth line guy, you're crazy. He's not going to be that. I think when he's playing these types of limited minutes in this four-checking role, he's a good player, you know? I think, by the way, uh, this episode of Between the Stammers is brought to you again by Carlsberg. Fine. Imported lager. (laughs) Uh, I think everybody was giving Tim Schaller some shit here because Nikolai Goldobin was scratched from the lineup in this game, and everybody's like, why are you scratching Goldobin and keeping Schaller out there? Well, I'll tell you why. Because when you got a guy like Beagle back and it already paid dividends, you have that supple, supplementary scoring. Beagle's that important to this team. Beagle had an amazing back check last night. One of the nicest back checks we've seen this year from a Canuck. He, um, he leads by example on the forecheck. He's a banger on the boards. Like I think that was pretty evident last night with that line. He led by example and those other two guys started banging and they got rewarded for it. And you know what? If he can do that every couple of games or so, and they can get a greasy goal, get a dirty goal, that's going to help the Canucks win win games. They played good enough to win last night aside from the penalty kill. The I, penalty kill killed them. The penalty kill was so bad, and they were allowing the cross-seam pass, and even John Garrett was all over it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the penalty kill, right? That's not 5-on-5. Five 5-on-5, five. Five five, they played well. They just fell apart because of some bonehead penalties. And the penalty kill will fix itself once you know you get some of the major players back beagle's one of them i can't you can't we, sutter's another one yeah we can't injuries are not an excuse anymore for this team i you just have to be better okay just, so sorry let's go into coaching then yeah right yeah what's your what's your biggest problem with the coaching well my beef was the special teams last game obviously yeah and i i i can't i couldn't believe they didn't change things up on the power play and they just sniff. They didn't have a sniff on the power play. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when you have Petey on one side and Brock Besser on the other side, two just absolute rockets of shots, and you can't come up with something a little more interesting than what you're doing. Like, Minnesota knew what they were doing, and like you said, they gave that shot to Edler all day long. Changes had to be made within the game. You had to pull a Bill Belichick there. You needed to make a change, and they just didn't. Okay. And on defense, uh, on special teams, obviously, we all saw what the problem was, <laughs> allowing every pass to go through the middle like it was EA Sports, you know? Do you do you sit a guy like Delzato next game? Do you get him out of there, and do you give Pouliot another shot? Sure. I, I Again, but I don't even think that's going to make a big difference. I don't. 
You don't at all? You no, don't I, think it'll make any sort of difference? Well, I mean, maybe it'll make a little bit of difference, but the, listen, the reason why the Canucks are losing, Caleb, is because they're putting so much pressure, so much pressure on their young stars every game to come up with a play with an all-world game that they're losing. That, and if they don't, they lose the game. See, this is where I disagree with you a little bit, and I'll tell you why. Because now that that fourth line is back and they're banging, they did exactly what they should have done last night, and they played well. They contributed, got a goal, got some energy, did some banging, put the pressure on the other team's D. The other th- big thing with me right now is Adam Gaudet. I don't think Adam Gaudet is playing enough. I think these other guys are playing too much. I think Horvat's still out there too much. I think now now Beagle, that he's been back there, he's not getting enough. He's playing too much. Gaudet is sitting like huge, huge chunks of uh, time, and I think he's important. I think you need to try a guy like Gaudet on the penalty kill, mm-hmm. and I think you need to let him lose his draws. You're letting PD lose his draws. These guys need trial by fire, and if they make mistakes, it's going to happen. Uh, the di- I don't I don't see a difference in a guy like Granlin when he was playing center and losing a draw than Gaudet playing center and losing a draw. If it's a confidence thing, he shouldn't even fucking be up here because right now Canucks are playing basically with three centers and putting this guy in a limited role where he's sheltered, but I think you can't shelter him anymore. It's hurting the rest of the team. So you either got to send him down or you got to keep him up. Okay. You don't you you disagree with me in the fact that this team right now the way it's set up is setting itself up for failure. You disagree with that? Well, I think it's part part of that is personnel and and then the other big part is penalty killing. I think the penalty killing has been atrocious, but I think the penalty killing has been atrocious because the deployment of the personnel hasn't been also the goal as good way. as it could be. Also well, yeah, I mean, Mar- in, in in Markstrom's case, yeah. as, as, aside from these last two games with Nelson, yeah. It's we've either been let down by the D or let let down by the goaltending. But like last night, there was a marked improvement on the boards, and I think a big part of that is send, putting a guy like Goldobin, um, like making him ride the pine for a game. I think was good last night to even show him like this is what it takes from you to retrieve pucks. Like if if Goldobin comes in and he sees how those guys played last night when it came to the forecheck, like he needs to play like that. If he's going to be on a skilled line with uh, Besser and Pedersen, because I'll tell you, Levo, he was doing it. He was going in there. He was skating hard. He was banging and he was pulling pucks out. Yeah, we're going to talk about Josh Levo and the trade the Canucks made after the Dallas Stars game. I just wanted to play a clip from Travis Green, kind of on the state of the Canucks. And also, of course, because since we're talking about this game, this was after the game against the Wild. Green talking about just what he thinks of the way his team, you know, because they're in a really tough stretch right now. And reporters were getting after him on, you know, how he's addressing his team. So here's... Travis Green, head coach of the Canucks, after the loss to Minnesota on Tuesday night. I mean, five on five, we had a pretty strong game. We're, we're up two nothing, five on five, and and as a coach, you're, you know, you you have to stay focused on where you're at day to day, and the spirit of the group. You have to keep that in mind, and and you know, win or lose, I, I say it a lot. You got to reset and and do it again, reevaluate your team, and. Um, you know, it doesn't change whether you're winning a bunch of games in a row or you're losing. And, and especially when you're losing, you've got to make sure that your group, you know, feels good about themselves even when they, when they do lose. And 
that doesn't mean you give them a pass or, or a bye if, if they haven't played well. Uh, we talked quickly tonight after the game. I thought it was one of those games where I don't always go in and talk to the group, but I didn't want them to sleep on it just because we lost. You know, we know that our penalty kill wasn't great tonight, and yet we still played a pretty good game, and I wanted them to make sure they knew that. That's a bit of an understatement, our penalty kill wasn't very good tonight but i dude i totally agree with him five on five i thought five on five they played well and i thought beagle brought something to that game that we hadn't seen from the canucks in a while with some extra grit and just some extra banging on the walls and i've been saying that for the last few weeks the canucks aren't good enough on the wall you know like we've seen that since the jets game where we got completely wiped on the wall beagle brings that 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 um Made a goal happen last night. Yeah, he had a, a, a back-to-back shift kind of thing. They put him out there, and then I think there was a offensive zone draw, and there was a, a timeout, so they were able to get him back out again, and they scored a goal after that. I thought until that portion of the game, though, they were getting really outplayed along the boards. I thought he was that In shift. their own end. Yeah, okay, their own end. I just thought that... Until that shift, they really had nothing. I don't under, I don't, I don't, I disagree with Travis Green here. I, I watched the whole game and I thought until that shift, they really were getting outplayed. Well, what did you think of Levo? Because I thought every time Levo was on the ice in the first period, he was hunting down pucks, he was tracking pucks, and he was going. And that, that to me is the antithesis of Goldobin's game in the offensive zone. Listen, I'm not one of these guys who's saying Goldobin is useless, I don't think he is. And I actually don't think he's that bad defensively coming back. I think he back checks and, and does things like that. But like you got if you're gonna dump the fucking puck in and try and skate and retrieve it, you better skate in and retrieve it. I saw Louie do that last night. Just skates up to the blue line, dumps it in, and then does the half ass flyby rather than go in. And like nothing makes my blood boil more than watching a team fucking dump the puck in and not go after it. Nothing. And I thought the Canucks last night were like marked improvement especially with beagle's uh line on doing that on retrieval one thing that really pissed me off last night though was when vertanen got hit from behind by patteron and granlin was there no response Mm -hmm. and then good branson finally jumped in and i was like yeah like keep that in your mind for for next time next year i guess because this series is done now or maybe the playoffs who knows (laughs) um but yeah, like I don't know, man. Just, you gotta you gotta stick up for your teammate. When a guy gets fucking cracked from behind, you gotta stick up for your teammate. I'm sorry. Uh, I I just thought last night they were outclassed, and I was surprised the game was as close as it was as it was. To be honest with you, uh, when I watched that Minnesota, I'm like, there's a team that's probably gonna make the playoffs, and we're a team that we want to be there but we put too much pressure on our star players to make up for our defensive efficiencies i, I don't and when, I you, don't agree. when you have a power play the way it is i'm sorry that's not going to get it done dude i'm sorry i don't agree with that because i thought five on five the canucks were the better team i keep hearing that i heard three, that from dude, you and i heard that three from Travis goals Green. against on 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 the penalty kill that's that's the difference in that game that's been the difference in how many games penalty kills uh, lack of converting on the power play and fucking goaltending. That's the reason why they lost. I think the Canucks, even in this, what, 13 games, they've been in almost every game. They've had two shit games, two whatever games, and then nine games where they've been in it. They yeah. just haven't been able to close them. All I'm saying is you sound like Travis Green there. This is one of those moments where it doesn't matter. 
It's a results-based business. A, yeah, it's a results-based <laughs> business, and uh, they're just not getting it done. If it's not one thing, it's the other thing. No, you know you're right. I mean? If it's not one thing, it's the other thing, and, and you're you're absolutely right. But I am seeing an improvement with people coming back. I am seeing an improvement. Okay, but I just think the reason I'm saying they're putting too much pressure on their young kids is because when you got players like difference makers like Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby or Elias Pettersson, they can hide all these deficiencies because they go out there and get goals. And it's like, it doesn't matter what happens in those other areas. Well, Petey isn't hiding the deficiency now. No, he's not because that's putting too much pressure on him, but it's also finding the right fit for him. Right. And I, I think we're starting to see that maybe Goldobin isn't that guy because like uh, PD needs a guy who can go in there and retrieve pucks. Well, I mean, Besser had a chance, good chance to tie the game, but I don't think anybody thought that puck was going to make it to Besser, and uh, including him at the end of the game. Yeah. Like he's like, oh my no, god, I agree the puck's that. on my stick. How, what do I do? I I, like, I agree with that, that. That pass was so good, his teammate didn't know what to do with it. I right? yeah. Okay, and I just. Uh, it's just so much pressure on Pedersen to make plays and Brock Besser to make plays right now that it's 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 almost hurting their development. But they no, it's not. They were they were able to do this earlier on in the year because the bottom six was awesome. The bottom six suffered two massive setbacks and losing their their fucking centers in Sutter and Beagle. And it's really hurt the team. It's really hurt their production. I think the production will start coming again. I even thought last night that production is going to start coming again. You don't because think, of of these guys coming back. You don't and, think and a guy coaching, like Berchi too. Coaching also has to play a part in this because you're watching other teams who know that these are the two players on the Canucks. Horvat too. These are the three players that are going to hurt you on the Vancouver Canucks, and they're doing everything in their power to stop these guys. I, man, we've had a line and a half in the top six for the last fucking month it's been a line and a half Mm -hmm. you know and there's even people who've been out there saying like when is this gonna happen when's when's it just gonna be uh horvat with Pedersen on a wing and and besser on a wing we're we're so close to actually having two lines again i mean that's why leipzig got fucking moved right like that's why leipzig's in la right now because he couldn't get it done in the top six yeah he tried and he got a fair shake he said he didn't get a fair shake but he got a fair shake you know, to try and be that guy. That's why they bring in a guy like Levo because it's it's like there's no risk and there's high reward on a move like that. All right, let's talk about those trades and the drop. So uh, Leipzig was just put on waivers. Anybody could pick him up. I, I thought he might be back down at... Uh, I did too. With the Mar- I actually thought he might be back down with the Marlies there. Or not the Marlies, the... Um, Comets. The Comets. Uh, but the LA Kings picked him up. Yeah. And then uh, the Canucks make a trade, Josh Levo for Michael Carcone. Yeah. Uh, Josh Levo is a guy who has been playing. He's played 20-something games for the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked him when I watched him, but is he going to be another Leipzig? Well, fuck, he can skate though, right? Yeah. He skates and he's a bigger body. Leipzig's a, a smaller guy. Levo's like six foot two. Yeah. You know, and he's, he, I, I noticed his skating right away. I was like, this guy can move up and down the ice, no problem. He's got a better shot than Leipzig, yeah. too. Uh, we saw that on the first goal of the game against Minnesota, where he yeah. took a little pass from Pedersen and uh, shot it past a moving Devin Dubnik, which was a nice goal for mm-hmm. sure. And if he, that's what he has to bring to that line, right? Yeah. And he, he easily could. And, dude, like, I mean, Berchi's 
practicing like full drill practicing now if he comes back like this top six could be healthy and you could have that balanced one two attack that's what we had at the beginning of the season right Mm -hmm. two lines that could score two lines that could defend and you even saw it with beagle last night like helping out on his own end he was helping his defensemen who were obviously like head underwater he was helping them get out of a lot of jams yeah you know i think once that like granlin shouldn't be in the top six it's we're at that point now where they tried him, gave him a look. Oh, you still want to give Jake Vertanen a chance in that top 100%. six? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I think so. I think with with uh, with Horvat, I think you could give uh, Vertanen a look, or or you could give him a look if you move Besser up with uh, Horvat and uh, Vertanen along with Pedersen. You just got to keep making moves, I guess, until something goes right. It's Dude, just really frustrating. We're we're talking we're talking about how Goldobin got benched for not being tough enough on the boards. Erickson's got to get benched. He's he's just as bad, if not worse, when it comes to board battles. He does no puck retrieval. He's on a third line with Antoine Roussel and Adam Gaudet. This is the guy who's making the most money on the team. He should not be in the third line. Mm-hmm. F- fucking do whatever. W- wave him. Sit him. Who cares? Stuff him. Send him to Robot Island. Who cares? He's not nearly good enough. And he's supposed to be taking pressure off these young kids. He's supposed to be scoring and putting pressure, and could, he's not. And it's could, just, it's just, I don't know what to do with that guy. No one knows what to do with it. Travis Green goes home at night, and he has no idea what to do with Larry X, Louis Erickson. I think it's simple. Could you imagine the message that that would send to the rest of the team? Being like, this is the guy. This is like the so-called star. And, you know, he, you can say little things all you want. He does little things in his own end defensively. Well, then where the fuck are they? Why do we keep losing if he, he's doing all these little things in his own end defensively? He's not. He's not producing. He's not doing anything. It, it pisses me off to no end to see that lineup at the beginning of the game and seeing Louie in the top six. It fucking drives me crazy. Yet he still continuously gets trotted out there and gets a lot of big minutes. I mean, are we going to throw him on the penalty kill at least? Like, let's do something out there. Use him somehow. I don't see much of a point in it, but I am happy to see that this team, for those reasons, is is uh, getting a little bit healthier right now. And fingers crossed that they maintain that. Sucks about Yul Levy, by the way. The knee? Yeah. Down in Utica? Fuck, it would have been nice to see him be able to come up and who knows what's well, I mean, going to happen. I mean, we're playing two now. plugs on defense every night. I know. Every night. He's the guy like who who like hopefully makes the jump and stays up here, but like these setbacks, man, the back in the summer, this knee now like How about Troy Stetcher getting getting a scratch too? What do you think of that? I think that was okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dude, that guy like for the amount of work he has to do because his like He's playing with a guy like Del Zotto half the time. You know, like, I'm sure Troy Stetcher is probably one of the most frustrated guys on this team right now. I think, like, him and Horvat are probably the two most frustrated guys on this team. Yeah, Horvat, he shows it visibly out there, which maybe he's not ready to be the captain. Well, fuck, he does so much, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, It doesn't get any easier for the Canucks. They host Nashville tomorrow night, and then they have St. Louis for... At St. Louis for an early morning game, a 12 o'clock game on, yeah. on Saturday. I'm all right with that. That's back-to-back uh, day games for the Canucks. Very interesting. 
Uh, let's go around some of the musings around the NHL because we've been talking at nauseum here about the Canucks. It is a Canucks podcast, I guess, but uh, we do want to talk about some of the other things that are going on across the league. Uh, I say we we start just down the I-5. Big, big deal in the NHL. They announced that they're expanding to Seattle. The NHL Board of Governors unanimously approved adding Seattle as the league's 32nd franchise. Uh, Gary Bettman, he says it makes the league more balanced. And he also said, he actually said this, vibrant. Team in Seattle evens the number of teams in our two conferences, brings our geographic footprint into greater equilibrium, and creates instant new rivalries out west particularly between seattle and vancouver yeah play will begin 2021 to allow enough time for arena renovations that'll be key arena there the team is yet to be named i think they're hiding that the cba is before that too right the collective bargaining agreement yeah and they're uh they haven't mentioned that much in the media but i think that's a big part of this later start with the seattle team that and I think Gary's been reading a thesaurus, hey? <laughs> he's got the equilibrium going now and Man, he's a boring fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Uh it'll be the Emerald City's first major winter sports team since the NBA Supersonics left town in two thousand and eight. Really quickly, what should be the name of this Seattle team? Um, dude, I I well, I think they trademark Sea Lions. I kinda like that. I also, uh, my personal, like, opinion, I'd maybe throw the name Riptide out there. Riptide? Yeah. That sounds like a Campbell River thing. Well, I mean, you, they happen all up and down the West Coast, Art. <laughs> I'm just fucking You don't want to get caught in a Riptide. <laughs> um, what I about actually, you? I actually like the idea of Chinook, but then someone told me that orcas eat Chinook, so clearly that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, the J-Pod, apparently it's the only salmon they eat. Yeah, you know it is oh, the southern red killer. That's a whales. load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it's gonna just see a sockeye swimming by and be like, "No, sockeye. thank you." Yeah, it's not. Come eating on, it's not eating the sockeye. Uh, I don't know. I this is tough. I thought like Dungeness. I I thought an idea. The crab. I don't know. Really? This crab. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of West Coast things. I really don't have a good one. Uh, Metropolitans was thrown out there because they actually won a Stanley Cup. In Seattle. Yeah. Seattle has a Stanley Cup and, the, and Vancouver doesn't. I, man, well, look, millionaires, right? If you go back and and get into the bullshit. Okay, okay, okay. But, um, my bad. Sorry, dude, you're a millionaire. Like, I, I, Metropolitans, what does that mean? I like names that have a little bit of substance to them. Yeah. You know, I, I Riptide's a good one. That is a good one. Thanks, sir. Yeah, I like There's that. There's some people, uh, talking about Rainiers, too. I don't really know what. Like, I know Mount Rainier is a mountain, and the beer is its a little pissy, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> I like Rainier's. Yeah. <laughs> well, get a lime in there, you're, you're doing all right. You but, can say that with any beer. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know about that name. I There's some Thunderbirds. Like, they have the, the junior team, the WHL team, the Thunderbirds. I don't know if they'd want to give that up. That's a, that's a like really that popular one that yeah. a lot of people are, like, pushing for. Yeah. How about Baristas? Not bad. Seattle, Seattle heroin addicts. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, we'll see what happens. I wonder when they're going to name that. But still, it's really cool to have 
you know, another hockey team in the Pacific Northwest, right? Yeah, dude, I'm like, I'm really, really pumped for this. I mean, even to just go see him, especially from where we are, we just hop on the Clipper and yeah. Zoom, we're over there right away. I mean, the key arena is just a hop, skip, and a jump, too, once once you're there. But, we could um, probably get an Uber there. We could definitely get an Uber there. <laughs> or a Lyft, by the way. Yeah. Um, That'd be funny. We're going, everybody just starts tweeting up the provincial government. Hey, <laughs> look at this. We decided not to go to the Canucks game because we'd rather go down to Seattle and get a ride share Fuck. to the hockey game. Somebody should have tweeted that at Horgan. I'm surprised nobody didn't. Oh, maybe, sure maybe, maybe somebody did. I'm but, sure people have. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really pumped for it. I think the best rivalry in the NHL, hands down, is Battle of Alberta. I don't know if this will have as much sandpaper. But, like, fuck, it'll be really, really nice to have that team that's close by that uh, a lot of people love to hate. And I think a lot of Vancouver fans, especially on Twitter, man, we're we're pricks sometimes. And, like, <laughs> Seattle better get ready for it because we got some serious serious online game, too. And they have to have a big game because Vegas has had a serious game, right? Yeah. So uh, they got to follow Vegas. That's Yeah, tough, and man. now they got to bang out a sick mascot after Gritty's there. And they got time, though, 20, 2021, 20, 22. That's... That's a ways away still. Man, Seattle now with a hockey game, a hockey team, and they're going to have a basketball team. Oh, 100%. Again. It could be considered the best sports city in America. I don't disagree with that at right? all, man. Like, yeah. I mean, Boston, I think, right now has that distinction for me personally. But Well, Boston, they're champions, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think there's a difference between champions and, like, fanatic fans. And, yeah. And, and, I, and also, the thing about Seattle is all these are – right close to downtown whereas mm-hmm. seattle's kind of or boston's kind of spread out a little bit there right yeah foxborough's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere exactly so i think when i even when i go to seattle right now i'm like this is fantastic got the mirrors yeah. i got the seahawks right downtown it's yeah. gorgeous and the sounders are don't forget the sounders and the fucking sounders you know <laughs> like it's it's really it's really cool and having a hockey team there it's gonna be cool to go down there and you know what you never know, Portland. You never know. You never know, right? I know, man. I'm I'm super, super, super pumped for this. It's too bad Paul Allen uh, isn't here to see it. Yes, yeah. I think you know he would love it as well. Uh, Todd Lywicki, the CEO of this new uh, group that's bringing the Seattle team to town, was uh, asked about the rivalry that's gonna be there with the Vancouver Canucks. You know, I don't want to stoke the flames here because those guys are my friends, but uh, bring it on. Uh, we can't wait. That's going to be an intense rivalry, and that might be the one night I walk in the locker room and say to the boys, give it a little more tonight, guys. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. And Francesco Accolini was tweeting up a storm about uh, Seattle team as well when the de- when it, when the uh, decision was made and the Board of Governors uh, unanimously approved it. So all, all props. It's great news. We And it's I mean, it's not really news because we'd known this was going to happen for the last year or so. All right, moving on from uh, the Seattle expanding, uh, the NHL actually expanding to Seattle. I wanted to mention this just because it's 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 one of the biggest talking points in the NHL right now. Tom Wilson has returned from his 
epic suspension from preseason where he just absolutely annihilated. Who was it in the preseason? Um, was it a Nashville player? No, St. Louis. The St. Louis player. Yeah. It starts with an S, Sundstrom. Yeah, yeah. Sundstrom? It, was, it was a Swedish dude for yeah, sure. Swedish dude, Sundstrom or something like that. And he was given like a seriously huge. Yeah, they gave him 20. Yeah. And, and then he appealed it. Yeah, he appealed it, but he actually already served over 20 games yeah. before. Uh, and then he was able to come back. And just a few games, like a week ago, <laughs> he plays because he's Tom Wilson. This is how he plays. Yeah. And he goes and just crushes a player on uh, the Devils, Brett Sini. And it was like from behind. And before that hit, he had actually grazed someone else. I can't in a, in a game previously to it. Yeah. And, I was, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was a shark. Maybe it was a shark. I don't know, but it was borderline as well. Anyways, penalty. dude, the thing about Wilson is he's been an absolute rip offensively, too, since he's been back. He's a ridiculously good player. He's fantastic. Hockey and he's like an old school player. Yeah. And he's one of those players I'd love to have on my team, but he's got to give this shit up a little bit, right? Well, when we had heard about it, his hit against, uh, what's the guy's name? Sinoff? Senoff? Sene? Sene? Brett Sene? I don't know. We heard about it. We're like, man, they're going to throw the book at this guy. I did. I thought that for sure. Because, dude, the hit game, like, you could count, like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, before he had a chance to let up, and he hit him from behind, and he cocked him. When I saw the hit, I was like, this guy's not going to be allowed to play hockey again. I, I thought that too, man. I and, totally thought that. And quite frankly, I'd be okay with it. And I, even though I know he's a great player, like, we talked about that. We'd love to have him on the team because of his grit and everything he brings. But it's just, it's unacceptable, man. In today's climate of head injuries, you can't do that. And there was no reason to it. Yeah, Mark, man, Savard was, Mark, Savard ah. was, Mark Savard was tweeting out there. was just like, why this hit was so unnecessary. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but like, it's not, it's not Tom Wilson's fault that NHL can't figure out how to fucking suspend people. It's not. You know, like... The NHL's rules are so loosey-goosey. It's because this guy on New Jersey didn't get injured. It's the only reason Tom Wilson didn't get suspended. He finished the game. He played the game. Wilson just gets ejected for for the hit, and that's it. That's the only thing. We, the next morning, it was on the ferry, actually, when we were going over there to Vancouver. I read that he wasn't even getting a disciplinary hearing for this. Yeah. I was like, it's crazy. I was like, I thought his career was over. Yeah. So, and it's very ironic here. You've probably seen it by now, but Tom Wilson got a little bit of his own medicine. Well, exactly his own medicine. Uh, Ryan Reeves, who plays for the Vegas Golden Knights and had a little rivalry with Tom Wilson, obviously from the Stanley Cup final last year. Those guys were going at it hard all series. And then they had a very heated game just, uh, I guess it was last night. Yeah, it was last night. Yeah, same night as the Canucks-Minnesota game. And what happened? Tom Wilson kind of watching his pass a little bit. uh, And Reeves comes from behind and drills him with his elbow to the head. In Clint Eastwood fashion, he had it coming. <laughs> Did he not? He had it coming. I don't think it was at, as much of a head hit as you say, though. I, I thought it was pretty shoulder to shoulder. Like, shoulder to shoulder? I, okay. I watched it a few times today, and I mean, I, I saw it from one angle, so I didn't... Maybe there was an elbow at, at a different angle, but dude, you're going to play like that. People are going to do it back to you, and 
to be honest, I want to see more of this in the NHL. I want to see more of these like heavyweight, heavyweight dudes fucking stick up for the guys on their teams and go after each other a little bit. Because when you got a guy like Tom Wilson who's running around doing borderline predatory predatory hits, mm-hmm. you know, you need other guys in this league who can do the same thing. And Ryan Reeves, fucking full marks to him. I'm happy he did it. Ryan Reeves was asked after the game, did he think he was late on the hit? Surprise, surprise. He didn't. So he was just looking at his pass and um, ran to a line in the jungle. <laughs> did you think it was ejection worthy? No. I, I thought he was just looking at his pass. I thought he actually saw me. It looked like he took a peek. And, uh, you know, if he sees me, I know he's going to try and lay me out. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to let that happen. So uh, I thought it was, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And, uh, I didn't think it was that late. I love the awkward laugh in the huddle there, in the in the press. That's huddle. my favorite part. <laughs> Ran into a line of the jungle, dude. How can you not laugh at that if you heard that come out of Reeves' mouth? I'm sure Reeves was holding it too, right? I'm surprised we haven't gotten uh, an an ugly, uh, or not an ugly, but a ridiculous uh, from the player from the player discipline office on the night of October 43rd. Ryan Reeves hit, you know, yeah. terrible oh, fucking videos. Uh, but he's not getting suspended. Either. No, he's not. He's not getting disciplinary yeah. either. We're, what, like, what's going on? It really is a jungle in the NHL right well, now. Well, dude, I'm totally fine with it as long as these guys are taking shots at each other, right? You start taking, uh, like, fuck, there's, a, there's not too many, like, heavyweights out there anymore. There's Reeves. There's Wilson. You got a couple clowns on Edmonton that, like, are borderline heavyweights and they're not even like Lucic doesn't even really do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Cassian is Cassian. I mean, we had him in Vancouver. He's over there. He's a little bit goofy. He, I don't think he'd hold a candle to either Wilson or, or Reeves when it comes to something like this, but I don't mind it. Look, it's part of hockey, man. People want to see more hits in hockey. Yeah. You know, it's just, as long as you're not doing it to guys like, like Pedersen or Johnny Goudreau or any of these star players. You're Dude, saying- did you see Ovi's hit last night? No. Oh, ridiculous. No, I'm talking about, but there's no room in hockey for hits like Wilson's hit on Sine. Yeah, you not, saw not that, predatory right? stuff. Yeah. Not- well, but it's not even predatory. This guy does it once a game. Well, yeah, he's, but that's you know? why he deserved what he got. He had it coming. He did have it coming. Reeves knows that. Reeves knows that right now that everybody in the NHL, probably in the league and fans are like, other than Caps fans, or like, yeah, fuck. Way to do that. Way to put him in his place. And it's, it's not over. It's sweet justice is what I don't think Tom I don't think Tom Wilson is the kind of guy who just learns his lesson, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> he was shocked he got any sort of suspension for the hit in the preseason. Yeah. I remember listening. He was like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. I that was a good game too. It was really uh uh, I saw the like the final minutes of it. Like it, it was really it was going on at the same time as the Canucks yeah. game, but I got to catch a little bit of the end of it. Dude, Washington obviously has the talent to do it again. They, they just their goaltending was a little suspect coming out of the gate. Holby seems to have screwed it on a little straighter by now. And well, if you want to watch a good power play, watch the yeah. fucking Washington Capitals yeah. power play. Holy shit! Um, and then Vegas, Vegas is coming on now. They've gotten better. They, they, have they started slow. They had a little bit of a hangover, but uh, they're coming on now. Max Pacioretty is uh, potting a few goals. Patches. Pacioretty. 
Well, I that's about it on my list of things uh, to talk about on Between the Stammers. It's been pretty good. Yeah. So next week we'll uh, we'll go through the old Canuck, your personal all Canuck uh, ugly team. Let's mm-hmm. call it that. Crops a little crops a little rough. Your most hated. I think we're gonna have some fun with this. Yeah, one. your most disliked Canuck team. Full starters. I feel like there has to be some explanation, a little bit of an explanation for these players, though, to be on the team. Well, I mean, we did that last time. We went through it and we oh, yeah. explained why they're oh, yeah. all no, on No, I the just team. mean, like, people people can send us our submissions and it's pretty clear why, you know, Pavel Burry's on this list. But What do you mean, Pavel Burry? No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the all-time great teams. Oh. It's easy to just throw those guys with this, why this guy's yeah. on the team, right? I thought you were going to put them on a... Uh, bad team and I was just like dude are you kidding me what's no, going on here no, no 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 I mean on this all time shit team there's going to be some funny names on this team and oh you're for gonna, sure and you're going to have to explain why that player is yeah, on the team yeah I mean right? especially if it's a guy who just had a cup of coffee or something like that then yeah, yeah you're you're definitely going to have to explain some things I mean guys like Pyatt guys like Messier right we understand those 100%. Like Nikita Triumphkin, why is he on your team? Dude. He's very frustrated. Interesting. Right? Interesting. The all shit team. This, it doesn't have to be like shit players, but just like really they're talking Guys you're Vancouver. frustrated with. Guys yeah. you're mad yeah. with. Yeah, guys on you're like they come and they come and play on the Canucks and they're just like yeah. fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Sanderson, he's you know, <laughs> you know? Guys who just <laughs> you know, like it just didn't Yuri Slager, man. That guy couldn't hit the net with a slap shot to save his life. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this guy, why such and such players could be. Like, this, these, we're going to get extremely different teams, whereas yeah. the all-time great Canucks list, it's, you know, 98, 90% of it is the same. All right. So. Between the stammers at gmail.com. Send it to us. Yeah, and you can uh, also tweet us uh, at Curbman23 and at Art Aronson. Thanks for listening.